0: Welcome to the Be Nice with Andy podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Be Nice with Andy podcast, a sports podcast for the people. My name is John Lee, and I'm Andy Benowitz. So summer's almost over, but we're just getting started in time for football season. So Andy, I came across this OBJ contract. He essentially got a five-year, ninety-five million contract. The important part is he got sixty-five million guaranteed. Uh, this makes him the highest-paid wide receiver ahead of Antonio Brown, ahead of Julio Jones. Uh, what do your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think it's wild. I mean, you know been talking about this for a while now. I know OBJ wanted to be the highest paid uh, wide receiver in the game, and I kind of feel like, uh, you know, I think he's top five. I mean, I think he's he's definitely in the conversation. I think if you put injuries aside uh, and just see what he does on the field, you know, week in and week out. Um, you know, he, he's definitely up there. Now, I mean, me being a Cowboys fan, I love it because <laughs> wide receivers, you know, in my opinion, obviously wide receivers are really important to the game. I mean, if you've got a top five wide receiver, you know, a lot of the time you're going to have a team that's pretty competitive. Um, cause you can score some points. You So you said top five. Uh, like I think he's a talent, but I mean, I, I hear his name being thrown out
0: with Antonio Brown and uh, Julio Jones. Who else do you have in that top five out of curiosity?
1: Yeah. I think if, if you look at like the top five wide receivers and I, and I think that it you know, it changes up a little bit every year, but I think obviously there's like a, a first tier, which is Antonio Brown, uh, Julio Jones, obviously, um, you know, and then after that, I mean, I think that there's a bunch of guys that are in the conversation. I think like AJ green is up there. Uh, I think, you know, Mike Evans is probably in that vicinity. He's probably a little bit back. Like I said, I think the first tier is very cut and dry. I think Julio Jones and, and Antonio Brown. And then uh, a healthy OBJ, I mean, statistically, he's going to do a lot of things that are very similar to, you know, Antonio uh, Brown and, and Julio Jones. But, uh, you know, just pure production-wise, I think that given his age and, and um, you know, what he's done in his short time in the NFL, I would say he's probably up there at least potential-wise. So as a Cowboys fan, I mean I love it because I mean the NFL is, you know, it's a salary cap league. It's it's not like major league baseball where, you know, you can just go out and spend however much money you wanna spend and, you know, really the only um issue with that is like a luxury tax. Um so, you know, in football, I mean there's a lot of guys that gotta that have to get paid. And if you're paying, you know, say, close to $20 million a year uh, to a wide receiver, that's going to – it takes away from, you know, those other key parts of of the team that, you know, you're going to have to pay, especially, uh, you know, when you're looking at a defensive line. Obviously, if if it's me, if I'm building a team, I want my offensive line and my defensive line uh, to be stacked up, you know, and and – I personally am not. I, I, I'm just not excited about paying a, a wide receiver that much money. That's just me.
0: So, no, and I think I think you bring up a lot of good points. Um, I think I think a lot of the conversation with the contract is how he measures up uh, with Antonio Brown and Julio Jones specifically. I hear those names being thrown out. Um, like when you compare those three guys, so in terms of performance, you know, everyone would say OBJ kind of didn't show up for the playoff. Um, mm-hmm. Antonio Brown, I don't think there's any knocks against him with his performance for the most part, and Julio Jones, uh, pretty consistent, I would say. Um, I think I think some people say that Julio Jones, his highs might not be as, other, as high as other twos, but his lows aren't as low, so he's just consistent, but he'll never, and depending on like your fantasy, like I don't know if he'll ever single-handedly like win you a week, whereas like if, Od- if Odell Beckham goes off or Antonio Brown goes off, like they might single-handedly win you a week does that make
1: sense yeah and you know I think the big thing is too I think that there's two different conversations when it comes to wide receivers so uh, Antonio Brown is in my opinion I mean he's just the most complete um, wide receiver when it comes to just overall route running Um, I mean he runs every route he catches touchdown passes he can go deep he can you know come across the middle he can he can go for short routes He can take it you know the distance from pretty much anywhere on the field Uh, the one thing with Julio Jones is that um, oddly enough Julio Jones doesn't seem to score as many touchdowns for whatever reason as some of these guys like OBJ I think know if you look at his uh, his first few years I mean I think that he's he's scored more touchdowns you know given the games he plays as does Antonio Brown Um, so yeah you you got some of those guys that score touchdowns and some of the guys that just you know catch a lot of balls and you know put up a lot of yardage
0: Um, just just to cut in there no no I was like definitely with OBJ I definitely as a fan obviously I can't be a Giants fan as a a Patriots soon but when you see his highlights like on the red zone he basically turns slant routes into he'll break them out and he'll get a touchdown where I don't know how many other wide receivers can do that. It's- It's very reminiscent of, like, uh, different positions, but, like, where Chris Johnson or Arian Foster will turn a normal, a simple play, and they'll break it out for a touchdown that, like, was totally unexpected. But those are the kind of plays that I see OBJ making that I'm not sure how many other wide receivers can make those same plays.
1: Yeah, he's got, I mean, he's got incredible speed, and he's a freak athlete. I mean, he, the thing that he, you know, he doesn't have is he doesn't have the same sizes like Julio Jones. I mean, Julio Jones is is kind of like a freak of nature when, you know, when you look at the guy just, like, physically. He can go up, and he's going to catch it over people and he's gonna make a lot of like very athletic catches uh you know obj does that too but he just doesn't have like the same size factor he's more he's gonna run great routes he's gonna you know beat defen- uh defensive backs he's, he's gonna you know beat people on his routes and you know he's got that kind of breakaway speed where he can take anything for a touchdown um so you know, purely
0: uh, so yep. purely on a performance level those three how do you have those three ranks <laughs>
1: I mean I would go Antonio Brown Julio Jones and then probably OBJ after that I wouldn't at this point I wouldn't I wouldn't put um, OBJ ahead of either of those guys I I think he's in the conversation right after that and then I think you also have to kind of look at you know who's throwing the ball too I mean there's there's a big difference obviously I mean you could have for example I mean you could have one of the best wide receivers in in football and if you don't have a you know a good quarterback that's able to get him the ball especially being double covered and um, you know then then that's a all their conversation because there's plenty of wide receivers that have either succeeded or, you know, failed based on who their quarterback is as well. I mean, I think, I think Larry, um, probably Larry Fitzgerald is yep. probably one of the best examples that comes to mind. Yeah, and Larry Fitzgerald's is a guy who, I mean, he's obviously up there. He's, he's, he's a guy who, I mean, he's going to catch a lot of pass. He always seems to be open. He runs a lot of routes out of the slot. And, uh, you know, I think that that's kind of similar with, with like OBJ, Antonio Brown and Julio Jones. You can kind of put those guys anywhere on the field in any wide receiver slot position and he can make plays depending on who's you know covering him
0: no we went over the positives for those three guys and uh I think I think you you bring up all great points in terms of how they ranked. Um, I, I probably have the 1A, 1B, 1C with Julio Jones probably ahead of those two just because that freak of nature. And I don't, I mean, I don't think that I mean, OBJ got injured. I don't remember the last time I saw Julio injured. He just seems like he's built like a train. But then you come down to the negative. So, you know, Julio Jones, I don't know if it's a fair comparison. I think of him as personality-wise, the Tim Duncan of the NFL. I don't know if you'd agree with that or not. Like, I don't, I don't Julio, see it. Yeah. I guess in good ways and bad ways, I don't see him you know wide receivers have this kind of um this kind of stereotype with the personalities the divas and stuff like that uh for better or for worse you don't see that or I don't see that with Julio Jones like he doesn't seem to have a bad reputation or bring a bad publicity on the flip side I don't see him in as many ads as the other two either so you know if you're a, if you're a franchise owner and you want like a super superstar on the field he's a superstar but like If those three guys are walking down, like, the street, would you agree with me that, like, I don't know, probably 1A, 1B, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., way more recognizable than Julio Jones?
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, you said it... uh correctly. I mean, Julio Jones is one of those guys, I think a lot of the time. Wide receiver is probably one of probably the most frustrating positions. Um, so, I can kind of see why wide receivers kind of get frustrated sometimes. I mean, the guys are running up and down the field, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and they may see, you know, depending on the game, three, four, or five balls thrown their way. Um, so, I mean, I can see where some, you know, get frustrated, but not all of them do. I mean, you, you mentioned like a, you know, like a Tim Duncan or, you know, a guy like that. I mean, I think when you, when you look at, you know, players like that, there's a Couple of them in every sport. You, you look at basketball, be like Tim Duncan, obviously Derek Jeter back when he was playing with the Yankees, um, and then you know in football, Julio Jones is very quiet. He doesn't really make a lot of noise. He doesn't complain. He doesn't get into any trouble. Um, neither does you know Larry Fitzgerald. He's another one of those guys where yep. he's very positive, just a great teammate. Uh, you know, and he's kind of been consistently like that. Um, and you know, OBJ I guess is, is kind of a little bit of a uh, you know outside of that a little bit. I mean, he's been mixed up in some weird things already he's only been in the league for a few years and he has been mixed up in a few kind of controversial type so you, you,
0: you, you kind of beat me to it, piece I was going over the negatives with uh, I was going down the list with uh, Julio Jones and then the other two I mean Antonio Brown the, the only thing that comes to mind is that whole uh, Facebook live posting during the playoffs where he you know he got some flack for it but it wasn't the worst thing in the world but I think what surprised me about this contract signing, at least for me, with OBJ, was—I mean, when that news came out about uh, that white substance in the hotel room, I, yeah. I was just—I mean, I'm not—I'm not naive to not think that stuff. But I'm—I'm almost—I mean, I think that was literally on the cost of that whole um, nightclub dancing on his bad ankle, uh, that kind of off week in the playoffs. Like he already should have been on good behavior to begin with until let that happen. I was I, I remember that week specifically because there was talks about, like, are they going to trade him? He's such a good talent, but, like, this is such a bad stink to it, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. uh, I, I thought he would have to be, like, the best citizen, perform out of his mind to get his money. But uh, I, guess, I guess the Giants just realized he was too good of a talent that they could look past that. And in terms of news cycle, that thing totally just passed. Like, that was gone in, like, a couple of days.
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, it may not have really been – it may not have been anything. I mean, it may have been blown up more – but the thing is, I guess, that you look at is just the few years that he's been in the league, he's a little bit of a lightning rod. I mean, it seems like there's always kind of something that's kind yep. of coming up yep. with him. And, you know, the, the little boat trip that they went on and just certain things where you got to wonder, I mean, is 100% of his focus, you know, on the team and winning games? Or is there a little bit more to it? Because I think if you look at these other guys, you, know, you know, some of them will complain. Some of them will make some noise. Some of them will get caught up in some, you know, some things. But you know, not there's not always kind of question as to uh, you know what's going on with the guy like what's what's his intent what where's his you know one hundred percent focus? and you know, I don't want to minimize anybody else. There's some other really great receivers in the league too. I mean DeAndre, like hopkins uh you know in, sure. in, in, so like I, I said there's a few guys that are up there
0: and to answer me this then a final final thing on this topic. so you mentioned kind of I'm trying to think of the cliche like is it uh is it worth the trouble for his production and again, it seems to be the the story with with these kind of diva wide receivers. So two that come to mind are uh, Randy Moss and Ocho Cinco, right? So like their performance on the field, ridiculous, but at one point, I guess the franchise owner or management was just like, yeah sure he produces but it's just not worth the headache et etc cetera, et cetera. and yeah. do you think it's
1: getting there or it's or
0: are you still worth it or
1: I don't think he's done anything to this point to say okay. that he's like on that level I mean if you look at you know the names that would come up like for example you know Randy Moss uh Ocho Cinco and then obviously yeah. Terrell Owens who yeah. you know literally was one of the greatest receivers of all time who was cut mm-hmm. by multiple teams because he was such a distraction and there were so many different things that kind of came up with him whether you know was he a good teammate was he not a good teammate was his production worth kind of what you get uh you know the additional um that you get with him I don't think I don't think OBJ's done anything to this point that really necessarily makes you question whether he's like on that level I do think he's a little bit of a lightning rod and I think the way the NFL is these days with Roger Goodell I mean they will suspend somebody just purely based off of you know um almost like speculation I mean you don't know I mean it, you don't know what these guys are going to spend you for so yeah, there's plenty of guys that have been suspended for you know substance obviously I know he hasn't failed any tests or anything I mean he may have never done anything wrong in his life he just may be around stuff that looks questionable but I mean just the way that things are these days with the landscape of the NFL and how Roger Goodell kind of takes it amongst himself to you know suspend guys I mean that's a lot of money That's a big investment to make on a guy um, you know who has kind of had some questionable things come up in the past
0: so speaking of lightning rod let's switch topics uh, Jerry Jones your boy he uh, he recently mentioned this proposal of eighteen regular season games, um, basically swapping out two preseason games for two more regular season games, and then still leaving two uh, two regular season uh, two preseason games rather. Um, I think in the article I read, he estimates that it would generate more than one billion dollars for the players, and that equates to roughly half a million uh, half a million dollars per player each year. Um, I think some of his points he brought up was too many injuries and meaningless games. So if you're going to play these preseason games, you might as well, they might as well mean something. Um, I I, I mean, I see his point. um, I I see a lot of pros. I don't see as many obvious cons to it. Um, I will say everyone praises NFL. Everyone kind of anecdotally says it's like, it's like a boxing, uh, it's like a boxing match every week. Um, is the scarcity of the product. It makes, Every weekend basically a pay-per-view event which you know I agree to for the most part um, it, it's not as you know worst case example like baseball where you feel like you can miss I don't know a quarter of the season half the season jump back in playoffs etc Uh Where football every week you need to sit on your couch and watch it so he brings up a lot of good points um, what do you think about adding two more games?
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem, obviously, with them adding a couple more regular season games versus preseason. I mean, I hate preseason. I, I just, personally, I just, I think that... Andy, let me cut you off there. So, how many, preseason yeah. games,
0: how many preseason games have you watched so far?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I actually do watch them because <laughs> okay. I, I like to see, I do like to see the young guys that are competing for for jobs. And, you know, obviously, cool. fantasy football is fun to watch. And you kind of see some of the new guys. But I don't, I mean, I don't care about it enough to, like, really lock in. I mean, I watch it because football... Football's on and I love football. So, totally, I totally. mean, you know, whether it's preseason, for me, the problem with preseason, I hate it because it's just four games. is a ton of games. Just, there are too many injuries in football. There's too much, you know, concussion, uh, you know, too many concussion issues going on. People are getting hurt. I mean, prime time star players are getting injured and potentially missing a season just so that they can go out and practice essentially against the team. Yeah, it, For me, sure. it's just the risk isn't worth the reward. I mean, there's generally... Did Edelman- is for the guys that are kind of in between, the in-betweener guys, you know? Yeah. Did Edelman's injury happen in preseason last year? Uh, last year, I, I don't remember if his if his injury I, happened in preseason. It may have, that. actually. It may have happened in preseason. I don't understand. If you're a starter, if you're like uh, you know, if you're one of the, say, I'd say there's probably 40 guys on your main roster that are, um, you know, give or take, that are absolutely 100% making the team. And then there's probably, you know, five, maybe five to 10 position spot that you really may be analyzing during the preseason so if it's really just about getting your team kind of you know all together and uh you know meshing well as a unit i mean you can do that in practice i mean it like that stuff happens in practice you're basically just out smacking around another team in preseason so uh, I, I could see maybe one preseason game I, for okay, me okay. i just okay. don't see the the need for that many preseason games personally
0: okay fair point uh let me try to play doubles so I remember a few seasons back, and again, I, I personally don't watch preseason, and I'll tell you the reason why, because I remember, just like you, because there's no other football on, that's the only reason why I'll watch preseason, but uh, a few years back, there was a tight end on the Patriots, and um, the last name started with a Z, and, and and the guy was like six, seven, maybe seven feet or something like that, and like all my Patriots friends were all getting hyped, et cetera, oh, we're, we're going to have another double tight end threat, et cetera, et cetera. And you know when the regular season starts, nowhere to be seen. Just you know, yeah. and I, of course, me, I dropped some money on him in my auction fantasy draft, and yeah, he turned out to be nothing. I mean, so that's an example of like getting overexcited about preseason and that leading to nothing. Now on the flip side, it's funny how we go my team, your team. Dak Prescott. I mean, uh, I mean, a- after I asked my question, tell me what your thoughts on Dak in general are. But if if I'm correct, he only got playing time because of the preseason. Whereas if they did this model, like, let's say that season had this 18-game regular season, he might have only gotten some rep in practice and then the two preseason. But for sure, Romo would have started game one in the regular season. And Dak wouldn't have had, I think he had like three or four good preseason games. And that's why he got started. My memory is not serving me correctly, but like, what are you talking yeah. about that example where Dak wouldn't have gotten the time to shine in the preseason?
1: Yeah, I think basically, I think it's very difficult to analyze anything that's Happening in preseason and think that it's even going to be remotely accurate as to Got what's it. actually going to happen in the regular season because there are so many different things that are going on it, during the pre, you know during the um, preseason where you may be playing against number twos, you might be playing against uh, you know different number threes or guys that aren't even on the roster. Um, you know, it's basically I, I do I think Dak is kind of a gamer, so I think he did look pretty good in the preseason, but I think. That, that was more just along the lines of, you know, Romo got hurt and they wanted to find the best option and they thought, you know, Dak was their guy they drafted and he did things a little bit differently. He kind of brought some different uh things to the table, being able to run. He's a big strong guy. Uh you know, being able to kind of change things up. And yeah, he did. He did look good in the preseason, but uh, he's looked very good in the preseason. There's plenty of quarterbacks that have looked phenomenal in the preseason who have come out and not been very good once the regular season starts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it did, you know, give you an option. I think that could have happened in practice as well. I think that, you know, we just happen to see it because the games are televised. You bring up, no, no, those are
0: great points. I, I totally co-signed that. Um, so it seems like you're on board with this. And if anything, like one of my points I wrote in my notes were if that's Jerry Jones- reasoning, then why even bother with two, two being added? Why not make all four preseason, regular season games and have no preseason? But it seems like you're somewhere in the middle where you said you would be okay with one preseason, so possibly one preseason and 19 regular season games. You would have no problems with that at all.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I mean, for me, it's a little bit weird that anytime you start changing the number of games, mm-hmm. uh, I, I actually get a little sensitive to that because... <laughs> I think then you start messing with history a little bit. Yeah. Uh, sure. You know, I, so I kind of, in one sense, I don't really like to have like history messed with too much. I mean, then all of a sudden, you know, you, and, you know, all time records start changing. I mean, now you may have a guy like Tom Brady I and mean, he might throw for 6,000 yards. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that, if you that's a, a really games.
0: good point. Really good
1: point. And I don't, I don't really like that. Uh you know, so I think that that kind of bothers me a little bit. I mean, I'd be okay with them keeping the 16 games uh, versus, I mean, Jerry Jones probably wants two more regular season games oh, for the yeah, Revin. I mean, he money. wants yeah, more totally. money. I mean, you're totally. obviously, you're going to get TV deals. Obviously, you're going to make a ton more money. So, I mean, it makes sense for the owners to want more games.
0: Totally see your side. Um, just for a merit of reasons, I'm just trying to think in other sports recently, uh, I mean, baseball, the introduction of that wild card hasn't been that long, but back Basketball has switched from, I think, round one used to be best out of five. Now you have best of seven. So theoretically, you could have a Warriors team that goes undefeated. And throughout the playoffs for other teams like, say, like Jordan's Bulls, etc., etc., they might not have had that chance, etc. So I'm just trying to think about the sports in that scenario and... I don't know for football I mean the richest sport uh, but then you also hear the concussion talk and players get the money while they can I mean for all the pros that I hear more money um, risk of injury if you're gonna risk injury might as well do it during games that count so it's almost like when you see the um, the summer league basketball runs or, or Olympic games for NBA stars the thought is almost like if you're gonna be playing any type of basketball you might as well be doing it like during a season that counts or something like that so like. I, I'm sure Jerry Jones' ultimate reason is to make money, but I can't argue against his point. And if it were me, if it were like the um, the credibility of the records versus I don't know, I, I don't know how accurate his quote is. An extra half a million for some of these guys, and I've heard what the average NFL career is like only like three or four years, something ridiculously small. Um, you know, I, I would love I, I would love both worlds somehow. Like, if, but but like. I'm a little torn as my, my, myself. Like, again, you know, all the points are great, but yeah, I, I never thought about it from that standpoint. That like a mediocre quarterback with two or three extra games is gonna, you know, get near Peyton Manning or Tom Brady's record for a season or something like that, or Dan Marino's record, or whatever. So, yeah, you bring up a really good point too. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think if it was if it was like one or the other, if it was like okay, well you know, instead of having these extra two preseason games, then we're going to have two regular season games or, you know, if that was then I would obviously rather have the regular season games. I just think the preseason games are really kind of a waste, but you know, it's just me. I would still, I would like them to stay at the 16. Obviously I wouldn't complain if it was at 18 games, that's more football. So ultimately I'd be happy with that. But, uh, you know, I, you know, I think it's worth the conversation. I just think that, you know, it's not worth seeing these guys get injured. No, I, I totally
0: agree with you. Uh, speaking of which, it is right now Tuesday, August 28th. We got, what, like about a week? Yeah, next Thursday is the first game. Is that yeah, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's right. Cool. Okay. So we'll get your thoughts now, and maybe we'll check in midseason and see how uh, how good you're looking. So I'm going to run down uh, your thoughts on how this NFL season's going to play, play out. So um, AFC East, I can pencil you in for the past. Yeah, no I, and
1: I don't think it's going to be close. I mean, <laughs> I think that the, the rest of the AFC East is basically it's it's weird because I think that, that aside from the Pats, I think that maybe that might be the worst division in the NFL you're, right now. If you're you not feeling team, any of the rookie quarterbacks? No, I mean I'm excited okay. to see some of the rookies if they're playing, but I think that's gonna be it's gonna be a total disaster. I mean, if they're going up against the Pats. I think that those other teams are gonna be really kind of scraping and Yeah, I could be I could be wrong. You never know. I think you know Josh <laughs> Allen's looked pretty decent uh in play, but I'm just not sure how the those teams are going to look. I don't think they seem going to be competitive in the division, though.
0: No, I I think that's safe, but I totally agree with you. Uh, Speaking of which, same story for the AFC North and the Steelers, or...?
1: Yeah, I think the Ravens uh, are going to also be pretty good. Uh, they, okay. you know, kind of came on at the end of last season. And I think they've got some good things going in their in their favor this year. I mean, I'm not sure that they're going to beat the Steelers for the division. I think the Steelers may end up winning the division by a game or so. But I think the interesting thing there is also going to be kind of, you know, what the Browns do, too. I mean, I don't think they're going to compete for the division or anything like that. But I think that they're going to be a lot better team than they've been uh, over the past two years. I mean, they've got some they've really improved. I mean, if you look at like some of the guys on defense and then kind of what they've put together on offense, I mean, they've got a great receiving core. Uh, they've got, you know, I, I'm excited for when Baker Mayfield finally starts playing. I've never really been a huge fan of uh, Terod Taylor, uh, but I think that he's an upgrade over what they've had. And then, uh, you know, Carlos Hyde, and they drafted a running back. So I think that that division's actually going to be a little more competitive. I don't think the uh, the Bengals are going to be great, but I would still go with Steelers. I'm going to say Steelers.
0: No, uh, I totally agree with you. I, I think so. Steelers from a competitive standpoint, I think the AFC North is probably not going to be that interesting. But I, I, I'm personally interested in watching Baker Mayfield. And um, what are your thoughts about Lamar Jackson and Ravens if he ever gets playing time? Are you high yeah, on him or? Yeah,
1: I, I mean I am. I'm I I don't really love Joe Flacco, so how uh, <laughs> to do it? I mean I think I think uh, if Lamar Jackson can kind of show that he's able to you know throw the ball with accuracy, uh, he's going to be real exciting to see. I mean. Uh, you Nobody's know, been kind of like that since, I'd say, probably Michael Vick. I mean, athletically, it's going to be real interesting to see, you know, what he can do if he can kind of move his way up there.
0: Yeah, in terms of running quarterbacks, I, I thought Michael Vick and I, uh, knock on what I hope he doesn't turn out to be like an RG2 or something. It's uh it's pretty unfortunate there. Um, So yeah. in terms of a more competitive division, AFC South, you got the Jags as the odd-on Vegas favorites, and uh, they they won the division last year versus I think the Texans have a second best chance with uh, Deshaun Watson going down last season. He looked really good up until then. Um, how do you think that's going to play out the AFC South?
1: Yeah, I think the AFC South is going to be relatively close. I think that I think the Jaguars uh, I mean, I think the Jaguars should win the division relatively easy, easily. Wow. Uh, but I think it's going to be a lot more competitive. I think the Jaguars, uh, I mean, I think they have a shot to, you know, compete to get to the Super Bowl. Just their wow. defense is that good and their running game. If, if they can get anything out of Blake Bortles at quarterback, uh, I mean, they, they really have a legit shot. I mean, they almost got to the Super Bowl last year with, you know, pretty much a guy that was really struggling throwing the football. So if he can improve, uh, they don't have very good receivers i mean they've lost kind of their receivers uh and then i think that they they just lost uh lee for the season so they're really gonna have to be run heavy i mean fournette is a beast so but i think that when you look at their defense overall and what they can do on the ground offensively i think the jaguars should should win that division uh, and then it's going to be a pretty good race for second. I think the Titans and the Texans are both going to uh, compete, so that'll be interesting. Uh yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um,
0: I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan. I think that kid's got a lot of talent. Um, I just remember him watching in watching him in that Clemson game versus uh, the uh, Alabama, and he really won me over. Um, so, you know, almost to a t, like Baker Mayfield, where I wasn't a huge fan of him, but watching him perform on that high level, I was like, this kid. Like everyone knocks. I think both these guys for their height and all these other cliche things but um they're just, they're just winners, um, so we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Um, AFC West foregone conclusion. Chargers.
1: Ah, uh, I think to be interesting. Okay. Uh, I think. I think it's. I mean, I kind of feel like the AFC West is is kind of a interesting division because each team kind of has its own uh, questions. I'd say. I mean, the Raiders. I think the Raiders should really be tough in that division. Uh, I think they're going to be better with Gruden. I think that they're going to kind of establish. And I already like the defense. I like their offensive line. Uh, I think the Raiders should be competitive, but I, I don't know about the Chiefs because we don't really know what we're going to get on Mahomes. I mean, Alex Smith was kind of like Mr. Consistency. He's not... Yep. I, I've never really been a huge fan of Alex Smith in terms of... like I don't think he goes out and he wins games for a team, but I, he doesn't really lose games for a team either. He kind of goes out and, he, and he's relatively consistent. He's conservative. Uh, and I, I don't know. I think that they're all excited about Mahomes' at quarterback and he, I just watching the preseason. He's made some very questionable throws where he's he's misreading defenses. He's kind of making bad decisions. He's he's kind of like a gunslinger, and he may he may put him in a, himself in a bad spot by by turning the ball over because that's the one thing that the Chiefs really didn't do very much when they're when they've been competitive the last few years is turn the ball over. So that they could they could really swing. I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see what the Chiefs do. Um, I don't know what you're gonna really get out of the other teams. I mean, the Broncos, obviously they kind of lost some guys on defense uh, and offensively uh, I think Case Keenum's the quarterback now right? I mean he's going to be an upgrade over what they've had but I don't know what to really expect. I think that that's going to be a really tight division. I I would I think that I'd go with the Raiders personally but I think it might be right up until like the last game of the season between them and maybe the Chiefs. Yeah,
0: no, I I can see that happening. I I, I think it's sort of a toss up. I guess I probably just don't follow that division as much as Pease. I don't see whoever comes out of there being even a potential Super Bowl there so um all right so i think you kind of more or less have pats dealers i think you said jags and then afc west sort of a toss-up kind of what do you like out of the coming out of the afc
1: out of the afc i i mean i i like the jaguars i mean wow. i think that they i think i i don't you know it's tough to go it's it's tough to ever pick anyone over the patriots because they're there every year i mean sure. it's hard to ever pick but i mean if there's ever a team that you know for me it's like the Jaguars have a lot of things that the Eagles kind of had last year where they've got that great defense I mean a really really good defense and like I said it's if Bortles if they can get anything out of Bortles and he's relatively decent then I would say th- I personally think that they would be the favorites um, to come out of the AFC uh, just because that defense and I don't really know Patriots always seem to like put guys together and sure. Belichick is just Belichick is just so far and above uh, far and away better than any other coach in <laughs> In the league that it's kind of like whichever personnel decisions he makes to get guys out there there always seem to be the right ones and you know they're just the model of consistency really so it, you know if they beat the Patriot then you know great for them I think it's gonna come down to those two teams in the AFC and you know we'll have to see but it'd be interesting to see the Jaguars get there I,
0: I will say uh, I like Richard Sherman as at, at his peak I'm trying to think of the big wide receivers that went up against him but um I, I, I when OBJ signed that big contract I remember them mentioning uh, week one matchups and uh, I believe it's gonna be Jags Giants I think that's Week one, so you got Ramsey going up against OBJ potentially, which uh, should be good. So uh, I'm looking. Yeah, for, um, that's
1: going real interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, okay, on to your conference, uh, NFC uh, first division, NFC East obviously Eagles being a favorite, although they've had some, uh, I don't know, offensive deficiencies in preseason, but we just spent a whole segment knocking the preseason. Do you, uh, do you like your Cowboys chances or do you think the Eagles are going to run away with it? What do you think?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know if the Eagles are going to necessarily run away with it. I think that the Eagles are the best team in the division. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously they won the Super Bowl last year and they, you know, they probably got a little bit better personally. I think that they may have, I don't think that they lost anything, uh, from last year so I think that the Eagles I would still put the Eagles a little bit ahead of the Cowboys I think right okay. now uh, and just because they're what they're returning and their defense was so tough last year their offense was so good they're getting Wentz back obviously Wentz is you know better than Foles um, so I would still say them for the division I think the so Cowboys are going to be competitive
0: um, you just said the Eagles got better uh, from a distance what lost as lost Witten I mean yeah. Uh, like yeah how do you think they're going to really be able to compete with the Eagles
1: I think the Cowboys actually, I mean, if you look at the guys that the Cowboys lost, the Mm -hmm. biggest thing for me when I look at the Cowboys, and obviously I pay attention to the Cowboys more (laughs) so than any other team just because I've been a Cowboys fan, but... The one thing I've seen from the Cowboys that kind of gets me a little bit excited is that their defense finally has some playmakers on it. I mean, if you look at throughout the years where they actually had a quarterback that was very good in Romo, they never seemed to, aside from maybe one year when DeMarcus Square was at his best, they didn't really have a legit contending defense, like a defense that can go down and actually lock down teams. I'm one of those big believers that defense wins championships. I think, You know, obviously it doesn't hurt to have a great offense, great quarterback, great running game. But, I mean, if that was the case, I mean, Aaron Rodgers probably won a Super Bowl (laughs) every year. I mean, you know, so I think that the one thing with the Cowboys is that their defense excites me a little bit this year. I mean, the defensive backs are a year older. They were all very young, pretty much rookies and second-year guys. Last year, uh, they seem like they've taken a big step forward, and their defensive line. Uh, when you look at Demarcus Lawrence and what he did last year, he was able to stay healthy, and he was one of the best pass rushers in the league. You match him up with uh, Randy Gregory, who's actually looking great in the preseason, um, and you know the linebackers that they have now. They've actually got solid depth at linebacker behind Sean Lee, Jalen Smith, a year, uh, a, another year removed from his bad injury, and, and he was a legit top five pick if he wasn't injured. The same goes for. Randy. Gregory. I mean, he was a second-round pick because of some of the, you know, um, off-the-field stuff that was kind of surrounding him. He's coming back. He's fully reinstated, and he would have possibly been a legit top-five pick when when the Cowboys took him. So, here's one thing: I think the Cowboys' defense is actually going to surprise a lot of people this year, and and they're going to probably be competitive. I think the one thing you have to look at with them is will Dak Prescott be more accurate than he was last year? I think he. He um, kind of fell back a little bit last year uh, from what he did his rookie season. Um, and now, you know, they, I wouldn't say they got better or wide receiver. I mean, they've got some real young guys. They've got, they're going to have to learn how to mesh. I mean, they lost Witten who pretty much never lost, a, never missed a game. And, uh, you know, Dez was still, uh, you know, um, a guy that defenses had to really pay attention to. Uh, but I do like the guys that they have. I think now they've got a lot of team guys. So I think the Cowboys will be competitive. I think, you know, even in a bad year last year, they were nine and seven. Uh, and you got to look at the Eagles are now going to be playing, a lot tougher schedule because that's true. That's true. Last season they played you know a four and team uh, four and twelve team schedule, so they had an easy schedule last year. Whereas the Cowboys had a really tough schedule last year. Um, and this year now it's flipped a little bit, so it's not going to be quite as easy, I guess, for the Eagles. But I still think that they're better than a lot of the teams out there. So they're still, in my opinion, they're still the, the top of the NFC East. Yeah, I mean, uh, I
0: mean, Wentz looked so good before he went down. Um, that defense still. Gives me nightmares, the Eagles. Um, you know, your Cowboys, that sophomore stump by Dak really, it didn't, I, I sort of expected it, but I was kind of rooting for the guy not to have it. Um, sadly, for me, I'm selling my Dak stock. I just think that rookie season, defenses weren't ready for him. They were ready for Romo, and people were late to the party. They just uh, kind of like, um, whatchamacallit, um, blanking out, uh, Seahawks quarterback, Russell uh, Wilson. Russell Wilson, yeah. Like, I think when when teams start to um, game plan for him he just I mean he's so good but like it just I remember that Dak rookie year and I was like wow this guy's a phenom this guy's great and then um, we'll see we'll see I mean I hope it's competitive um, Eagles look good but it's always good for the NFL I think I was rooting for that Cowboys Patriots uh, Super Bowl a couple years back but uh, we'll see so in terms of the NFC North um, <laughs> I mean, I was personally rooting for the Vikings last year, kind of that home Super Bowl um, game for them and that amazing play against the Saints. I think Vegas has them as the best odds with the Packers slightly behind them. How do you see the NFC North playing out?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think that the Vikings are the best team in the NFC personally. I think that uh, I I think that they, I think that I'm looking at them to possibly if if things don't go wrong in some weird way, I think the Vikings probably should represent the NFC this year. Um, I think they've improved in some areas where, I mean I'm not a huge, I don't love Kirk Cousins uh, but I do think that he's a pretty good quarterback and I think he's upgrade over what they had. I think with those receivers um, and now getting Delvin Cook back at running back, if you mess that up with what they've got on defense and their defense kind of does what they're supposed to do. Uh, I think that they're personally the best team in the NFC. Uh, so I think that <clears throat> anytime you're going against the Packers team with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Packers are always going to be in the mix because Aaron Rodgers is just that good. Um, but I don't know that the Packers defense is going to kind of be able to keep pace with what the Vikings are doing. Um, and, you know, we've seen Aaron Rodgers uh, lose some games when, you know, his defense has just been kind of miserable. Uh, so I- I'm picking the Vikings in the NFC uh, in the north. And um, I think the Packers will be close behind. You know, kind of fighting for that wild card. And, uh, for me, the lines and the lines are kind of probably kind of maybe eight and eight somewhere in that area, and the Bears will probably be similar. I think it'll be, you know, fairly competitive in the division, but I just think the Vikings are far ahead of everybody else. So
0: it, it's hard to forecast how these rookies are going to perform, like Saquon Barkley on the Giants and Baker Mayfield on the Browns, et cetera, et cetera. Would you say is it a stretch that the Vikings made the biggest improvement in the NFL or the NFC, or is that too the much?
1: Of a no, I don't think the Vikings are the biggest improvement. I think that they're going to be a little bit better offensively. I think okay. that if they're the same defensively, I mean, you, you I'm, you're kind of banking. I mean, if you're if you're like looking at the Vikings to make a run, I think you're banking on their defense being as good as it was last year. And there's no guarantees that that's going to be the case. Uh, I think that I think Cousins is an upgrade. And I think that when you put him, he can get the ball downfield. Um, so I think that their offense should be upgraded. But I think that when you put up what they already had from last year, I think that they've done enough to, you know, put themselves in position to at least, you know, contend to get to, you know, the NFC championship game and possibly, you know, fight it out with whoever else gets there in the, in the NFC. But, uh, you know, when you look at rookies, I think Saquon Barkley is going to be phenomenal. I mean, I think he's, he's probably going to run away with, I mean, at least offensive rookie of the year because as a running back i mean it's just very different you don't have to you know the learning curve isn't nearly as severe as it is with quarterback um so i think barkley is just i mean he's he's gonna be a big time player he's i was actually just depressed that the giants got him because i like him so much i mean now it's, it's just tough to root against him but uh i think he's gonna be phenomenal and you know once you start to see some of these other quarterbacks come in it to be interesting to see how they do but uh, i think baker mayfield once he gets on the field, I think he's going to be a big-time winner.
0: I mean, to be fair, but your point about the Vikings' defense regressing, P, is banking on you know the same level of defense from last year to this year. I mean, your AFC pick, Jags. I mean, their offense is pretty bad. So, like, even if their defense is even stagnant or even declined, they're like they're in trouble in the AFC. Don't you think so?
1: Yeah, but I think that the, the thing with the Jaguars that were such a difference mm-hmm. is that they had such a great running game. Got it. And okay. They're still gonna they're still gonna have Fournette. I mean, Fournette is. Just just a beast I mean he's, he's a workhorse so they're still going to be basing there I mean for them it's like not nearly as many things I think changed. so it's like Bortles was just not good last year so it's like if you can get anything better from him than he did last year then you're in good shape I think that the difference with the Vikings is that you've got a quarterback who you probably expect to be better than what they had uh, but you know the same thing he's got a he's got a uh, mesh with his wide receivers and kind of get used to that entire new system and kind of all the different things that comes along with a different quarterback being in place but I would expect because I mean the guy could put up numbers he's just been a little bit weird when it comes to you know getting it done in big spots so that's, I think true. that's the question with him
0: uh, I think just like how AFC South is probably one of the more competitive divisions in the AFC NFC South looks pretty exciting uh, you got the Saints and Falcons as the odds on favorite how do you see that division playing out
1: yeah I think the Saints are the best team in that division um, okay. I think that their defense for me is kind of like the key I think that their defense is gonna improve because I think that that was the spot where you don't really expect them to be very good defensively when you think of the Saints you start you know you think of Drew Brees like firing the ball all over the field like they got away from kind of what Drew Brees has been throughout his career and they kind of based their offense more around the running game and like the short pass game with uh, Kamara and uh, you know I I don't see how they you know when you look at like what they've got over there like you know Michael Thomas great wide receiver I think that if If their defense continues to improve, they're going to be really tough because, I mean, they were very close to kind of getting there last year. So I actually expect them to, you know, be one of those teams that's really kind of fighting for it at the end of the year.
0: So no, yeah, that's probably one of the more exciting divisions I'm looking forward to how that plays out competitively. Um, then you got the NFC West, where the Rams are the odds on favorites. Sort of a heartbreak that uh, the way they ended their season, as I think a lot of people had them going really far in the playoffs. And then you got 49ers, um, nowhere close in terms of Vegas odds as the Rams. But now with the addition of Jimmy G, things might change. Um, how do you see the NFC West playing out?
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I think that the Rams should be the heavy favorites in the uh, NFC West, just based on kind of like what they did. I mean, their head coach, the guy, is like a genius. I mean, he just kind of went in there and found a way to just get, you know, all this talent in there and then try and has found a way to like utilize them the way that they're successful. So uh, I think the Rams have improved. I mean, Gurley looked like a world beater last year. I mean, the guy kind of got back to being one of the top two or three running backs in the league. And then you would have to kind of expect, I mean, Gough really improved last year from what he was his rookie year. And if, you know, if you're expecting him to kind of be the number one pick, you'd expect expect him to even kind of get even better going into this season so when you add what they did on defense uh into the mix they they should definitely be the best team in the in the nfc west seattle's kind of lost some of their steam i think seattle's a little bit similar to uh maybe the falcons where their window may have closed a little bit um and you know losing some of the defensive guys and and some of the other guys they've lost i mean obviously sherman was huge loss some of the guys in defensive backfield and uh even the defensive line so big differences they've had to pay Russell Wilson now and some of the guys that they were able to pay prior to uh, you know him being in his rookie deal they're not going to be as talented across the board as, as they were so uh, I don't see much from the Cardinals I, I don't think that they're going to be um, you know anything overly competitive uh, when it comes to going up against the Rams and then it's going to be interesting to see what the Niners are I mean they won games at the end of the year last year but it was kind of done in a weird way it's like kind of you know Jimmy G got in there and they are like, oh, yeah, Jimmy G just doesn't lose. Well, Jimmy G didn't really put up, like, crazy numbers. It just seemed like a lot of things kind of went their way towards the end of the season last year. And I think Jimmy G is a winner. I think that he maybe brought some of that, like, winning attitude in there. And obviously, I like their coaching staff. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they are. I don't really see them being more than, like, maybe kind of hovering around the 500 um, range. But I think they're one of the teams that's kind of interesting to see what they do.
0: You know, as a Pages fan, Jimmy G is – our NFC adopted son. Um, you think he's overrated, underrated? So, like, what do you put him at? Like a top a top 10 quarterback? I mean, I don't top think 10. you
1: can really put him like, I, okay. I mean, I'd be, I think based off of hype, then maybe you put him in that area. But, I mean, he hasn't really done anything on the field to be considered a top 10 quarterback. I mean, like, his numbers last year that he put up towards the end of the season, they weren't like, you know, Deshaun Watson numbers. I mean, Deshaun Watson went in legitimately last year. And, you know, once he started kind of getting it together and Deshaun Watson looked like a potential MVP. Like Jimmy G didn't look like that. I mean, he got the contract that you would think that he's going to look like that. But, you know, you're really basing Jimmy G off of, you know, kind of getting in there in his time with the Patriots and looking pretty good, which pretty much every quarterback that's been with the Patriots has looked good because I think their system is so, just so successful. Uh, you know, and then he went in with the, the Niners and he won some games. But like, to me, he didn't, look like if you go back and you look at jimmy g's numbers from last year uh when he was starting with the niners they weren't like anything that would like blow you away so it's gonna be interesting i mean he got paid based off of like i think the hype and the fact that he you know he has been successful he's won but it's gonna be real interesting to see i mean he got uh you know he got like top 10 quarterback money and i mean he hasn't to me he hasn't proven that he's a top 10 quarterback yet i mean you know maybe he will become that but i think that they they realized that if they wanted to keep him they're gonna have to pay him and they just decided to take that chance on him
0: it's uh you know you bring up a good point i think that's why in my head just because patriots and he won all these you could argue relatively meaningless games and last year and being paid like a top 10 quarterback I mean, there's a lot of killers in the NFC. I mean, just off the top of my head, Eagles, maybe Cowboys, Vikings, maybe Packers, Saints, Falcons, Rams. Who do you like come out of the NFC?
1: To come out of the NFC to you know, to, to compete in like the NFC championship and potentially the Super Bowl. Yep. Um I mean I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a real tight race between the Vikings, the Saints and uh, you know, probably the Eagles. Um, I think it's really tough to, to repeat what you did last year if you're the Eagles, but I think, um, I, I, personally like the Vikings and the Saints. I mean, I think that those are probably, in my opinion, the two tougher teams in the NFC. And, uh, but a lot can happen. I mean, one injury, you're in, in the NFL, like you're one injury away from just being completely, oh, totally, um, totally. like out of it. I mean, it's, when you look at the sports, it's really funny. It's different. I mean, you could lose like a big time superstar in baseball. And not skip a beat. Um, in the NFL, if you lose your quarterback, you could basically go from being like an undefeated team to a team that might not ever win a game. So it, yeah, it's funny so it, many injuries.
0: It's funny how you listen to those NFC teams because I'm looking at the Vegas odds now. And then just for uh, just for just for you know who do you have winning Jags versus uh, well actually you named a bunch of teams not coming out of the NFC right
1: who do you have winning it all if you had to pick a team? Ah uh, geez, um, I have a tough time I have a tough time seeing Kirk Cousins being a Super Bowl <laughs> quarterback right now. I, Got it. It's like I love their defense and I think that he's a good quarterback, but I mean I mean I wouldn't be surprised to see the Saints maybe make a run at it this year. Wow, okay. Because I can see I can see Drew Brees getting there. I mean you could see Tom. Brady getting there I mean I have a tough time seeing Bortles win a Super Bowl but I just think that their defense is so good that they could possibly do it I mean um,
0: I will say what's funny and you said in terms of NFC like some just some of your favorites Saints Eagles Vikings I will say Vegas odds right now obviously have the Patriots number one. And then in a four way tie for the second best odds in the Super Bowl, you got the Steelers, Eagles, Vikings, and the Rams. You think they're yeah, way I overrated, think, the Rams, or
1: I don't think they're overrated. I just don't I mean, they I, I they haven't had any postseason success yet. And yep, I just sure. think I just think that like when I look at things like I think it's really hard to kinda of get over the hump sometimes and I mean, it takes teams years to get over the hump. And they I, just for a team that's had absolutely no postseason success, you start going up against teams that have had postseason success, like the Saints, like Drew Brees. I mean, you know, you look at Drew Brees going against Jared Goff in, in the playoffs. I, I'm personally, I'm just going to kind of gravitate to Drew Brees because he, <laughs> I've seen him do it before. The same goes for like Aaron Rodgers, for example. I mean, and Tom Brady. I mean, I have a tough time seeing Blake Bortles when the chips are stacked beating Tom Brady.
0: Wait, uh, wait, wait. Isn't, isn't your point somehow totally nullified by Nick Foles running through the NFC?
1: Uh, well, I don't know, because Nick Foles looked very good in um, yeah in the under um, offense. Like, yeah, that's he's true. looked good in the Eagles offense before. I mean, he was basically, he was borderline like an MVP candidate when he started one the Eagles. Yep, For yep, some yep. reason, the Eagles just have no desire to, like, start Foles. Like, it's almost like the Eagles didn't believe in Foles. So it's like, why would anybody else believe in him? You know, he kind of, they, they didn't think highly enough of him to make him their starting quarterback after he had a phenomenal season a few years ago. Uh, you know, they go and draft, um, you know, when, but then Foles comes out and he gets the job done. I mean, so yeah, it, it's kind of a tough one, but the guy was successful for the Eagles before. And it's like the Eagles just, everything kind of fell like in place for the Eagles last year. Their defense was so good. And then their offense was, you know, phenomenal. It's like they, they were running the ball. Foles was throwing the ball over the field. I mean, didn't Tom Brady throw for like over 500? Didn't he throw for over 500 yards in the Super Bowl? I mean, they're yeah. I mean, so yeah it's like a lot of things kind of had to go right and it's just it's very tough I just think football is so tough to predict because so many different things could happen it's like you know Brady should have the the Patriots should have the best the easiest path to get there and a lot of that is because they kind of created that themselves I mean they're going to dominate the AFC East to the point where they should get home field advantage because I don't see anybody even competing with them in the AFC East Um, you know so when that when it comes down to that it's like will Jacksonville be able to get a home game or are they going to have to go into Foxborough and try to beat Patriots? You know, it's, it's kind of stuff like that that makes me just so hesitant to pick anybody but, like, say the Patriots or even, you know, the Saints or one of those teams that happens to get, like, home field advantage and a really tough environment for opposing teams to play in.
0: Yeah, no, I, it's going to be exciting. I can't wait till football comes back. Uh, well, of course, we have to show some love to baseball, and it's I mean, I follow baseball from afar, but I can't. It's very reminiscent of how the NBA is looking, kind of west-heavy. Um, I can't think of another MLB season where it's looked like this. Basically, you got the you get the Red Sox on top with 90 wins at this point, with the Yankees right behind them at 83. But more weirdly, you got the top four teams in MLB all from the AL, and you got six of the best seven records in MLB all in the AL, which is just Andy, you're probably, you follow baseball more than I do. Is this an anomaly or is this, this just a weird year? Or what's going on?
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a weird, I don't think it's that weird because I think a lot of the time, I mean, the Yankees and the Red Sox, if everything is going, if everything is kind of going right, then, you know, the Yankees and the Red Sox are going to be up there and they're always going to have one of the best teams. I think the difference with, you know, I guess with the way things have been over the past couple years is that despite how, you know, how powerful the Yankees and the Red Sox are, uh, you know, the Houston Astros were the best team in baseball last year, and mm-hmm. they're still very tough. I mean, this year they're gonna, they're still very tough, and baseball is such a weird sport because, you know, here it is, we're talking about football where, you know, it's certain things are very easy to predict. Like, you know the Patriots, if, mm-hmm. if they don't have any injuries, you know the Patriots should run away with the AFC uh, East. But in baseball, like, anything can happen. Like, it, there's a seven-game series, you know, first off, and just sometimes the team that gets hot or the team that gets hottest at the right time is the team that wins. And, you know, in the case of this season, for example, I mean, the Red Sox right now, you look at the Red Sox, and they're absolutely the best team in baseball. I mean, they're they're quite honestly, I mean, they may end up breaking the record for the most, you know, wins in a season. Uh, they're going to be very close to that, which uh, was the Yankees in 1998. I believe it was 100 and I think it was 114 wins they had. Yeah, uh, and,
0: I mean, I, I just mentioned like last year, I mean, Cleveland looked like they were unstoppable and then. And to your point, just other teams were running hot and they weren't. And I was somewhat shocked when uh, the Indians, because everyone said their team was just loaded and stuff like that and they didn't make it. And on the flip side, uh, I think Bill Simmons was like, he's, he's actually nervous that the Red Sox are so hot now in August, where he's like, you know, they, they might have peaked too early and, you know, saved some of that juice for uh, the playoffs. But, um, I mean, slight, a slight, slight tangent. Um, I've actually mentioned this kind of fun question to my colleague, because Boston does have so many good sports teams at this moment, it's kind of ridiculous. You got the Celtics who look amazing uh, next year with uh, Kyrie and Gordon coming back. Patriots always look good and the Red Sox have the best record. Kind of your point about how unpredictable baseball is, I pose the question to my friends and my colleagues. What Boston team do you think is going to be the next team to win a championship? And I, I asked that because while everyone's like, oh, the Red Sox have a great record, baseball, to your point, is the most unpredictable sport. And even though the MLB championship will be the first one that completes first other two sports And the red sox you could argue look better in their sport than the other two look in their sport baseball so unpredictable that at least from the people i asked nobody picked the red sox but if you were to get out of those three teams who would you pick
1: well, I think it's really tough because, you know, for for example, I mean, just stating, obviously, the Red Sox have the best record in baseball right now. And uh, the thing with baseball that's so weird, it's tough to predict because, you know, for example, like the Yankees have the second best record in baseball, right? Well, in baseball, one of those two teams, like, you know, let's hope, obviously being a Yankees fan, hopefully the, the Red Sox continue to collapse and the Yankees catch them. Because, I mean, you're in baseball, you have to play that one game wild card. So yep. anybody can win one game. I mean, the, the difference with baseball baseball and these other sports is like, you know, you could put the worst team in baseball up against the best team in baseball for one game, and the worst team could end up winning that game nine to nothing. It's, it's like the weirdest thing in the world. So like, you know, it, a lot of that kind of comes down. So Chris Sale's been injured for the Red Sox, and, you know, he's the best pitcher. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball, obviously. Well, if you don't have a Chris Sale caliber pitcher to pitch possibly three games in the playoff series, then all of a sudden the best team in baseball, you know, could match up against, say, the The Houston Astros, for example, and Verlander goes those three games, and Verlander just shuts everybody down. So, totally. I mean, it's really tough. I I don't want to pick a baseball team. Obviously, I don't want to sacrifice <laughs> and say that the Red Sox are going to win anything. Sure. But I just think it's so hard to predict baseball. I think that the I think that the Patriots will put themselves in position to at least compete for you know, if not the conference championship for the Super Bowl itself, they'll put themselves in position to do that. Uh, and then the Celtics now are, in my opinion, I don't think there's anybody who should even be able to come close to matching up with them in the East, in the Easter Conference now. So, you know, it, I mean, it could be a situation where all three Boston teams win the, you know, win the championship this year. I mean, it's very possible, but um, I would I mean, say just if you're I, as at the teams. Yeah. As a Boston sports fan, I was just going to mention, you, it,
0: I would love for that to happen. I mean, we actually, what, we almost, we did have something like that where, what, 08 Celtics, 08 Red Sox. I feel like, the I think we got the Bruins championship around then. But the Patriots, I think that was around the the kind of giant kind of mishap in Super Bowl. But um, no, I, I was going to say we could almost have the total opposite happen if you think about it. You know, when when LeBron came back to Cleveland against that you know um, that killer uh, first iteration of the Warriors with that depth lineup. I mean, if you were to ask somebody, LeBron's going to make the finals the next three or four years. How many championships are they going to win against these Warriors? Most people probably would have said zero, right? And so for them to get lucky with that one, what I would argue, they defy the odds and they got. So lucky with that Draymond, you know, crotch shot. And then yeah. with the Patriots, I mean, I I, I don't want to say it's like the Western Conference of the NBA, but like we just listed all those killers in the NFC. Like, I mean, Patriots are good, but like, you know, they're they're human. Or like, you know, Rocky IV, you know, you know, he's cut. He's got Like, <laughs> it, it's it's they're human. Like, they could easily be beat by the Rams, the Eagles, or um, uh, the Vikings. So you know, Kurt. You know. Yeah. Kurt. So I mean, but then baseball too. I mean, we could have the best record, just like what the Marlins a, couple, a few years back. And to your point a wildcard team could beat us or a hot pitcher could come up so it's you know I will tell you again most people said the Patriots just because I think Boston sports fans are conditioned to say the Patriots that's the Bill Belichick way but I I just wasn't so sure because again even if you told me the Celtics are going to make the NBA Finals the next three four years with this young roster and this veteran kind of mix I I just don't know when those Warriors are ever going to break up, and like it's even it, it, we might have a guaranteed second place three or four years in a row, kind of like those Bills versus those Cowboys those couple of years, and it wouldn't do us any good, you know. We don't we don't cap second places kind of championships, so um, it's tough. It's a tough question. It's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I actually believe that the Celtics can beat the Warriors. So I I I do like too. I do too. Guys, where I think if the Celtics are healthy, I think the Celtics have a good enough formula that they can beat the Warriors. They've got got they've got size they've got athleticism they've got length like you know a guy like Jason Tatum for example I mean he's better than anybody that the Cavs had other than LeBron, LeBron obviously yeah. I mean LeBron you know is, is on a you know in a league of his own I mean he's single-handedly really I mean he took a bad team to the final like I, I watched the finals and I was just at all with how bad with the exception of Kevin Love I mean Kevin Love's a good player but he's not like a ball handler you know he's not like a guy that can kind of take the pressure off of LeBron. Like, it, they didn't have like another guy like that. Like Kyrie, and if you look at the Celtics, they've got, like, three or four guys that could potentially handle the ball down the stretch. I mean, Tatum, uh, obviously uh, Hayward, if he comes back. Hopefully Hayward comes back healthy. And then, obviously, Kyrie. And even, you know, if they keep, like, Rozier or, you know, whatever they do, I mean, uh, Jalen Brown, they've just got so much talent that, you know, if you look at their bench and their um, just overall skill that they're going to have on the floor at all times, like... They, I think they, they could compete. And the Patriots are really like, it's kind of like almost like 50-50 that the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. It's like you feel like they're going to get there, but when they get to the Super Bowl, they don't always win either. You know, I mean, they're they're great. Obviously, nobody can, that's not a knock on the Patriots because they're the one team that they're like every year, but they've just had some weird things happen in the Super Bowl where, you know, whether it was losing to the Giants or losing to, um, you know, the Eagles. And I mean, they probably should have lost to Seattle. I mean, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life, you know, not handing the ball to Marshawn Lynch. But the Patriots will probably be there. So, I mean, it's almost like 50-50. Do you believe that the Celtics have a better chance of 50-50? Or, I just think that the, I think baseball is too tough to predict. I mean, it, sure. too many things can go wrong. I mean, there's no guarantee that the best team in baseball will even get out of the first round, let alone, you know, win, this, win the, uh, the World Series. I think that that's the tough part. But, um yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I think you look at it and you're like, all three teams definitely could and and I haven't really seen I'm not sure how good the Bruins are right now um so I'm not really sure about them but I would say they've got a legit chance in basketball they've obviously got a legit chance in baseball and then you know Belichick you know and Brady will they'll be there they'll you know whether they win it or not kind of remains to be seen but I think if you're a New England sports fan or you know Boston sports fan you got to feel pretty good about where your teams are at right now. As well, much as that sickens me to say. <laughs> well, you know, it is is—it uh, is pretty comfy being a
0: Boston sports fan. And uh, I'll keep my fingers crossed. Um, that's all the time we have this week. Uh, my name is John Lee. And Andy Benzwick. I hope you enjoy the show. You can reach out to us at Be Nice Andy on Twitter, Instagram. And you can email us at BeNiceAndy at gmail.com. See you later. All right. Sounds great. Have a good one. Take care.